Welcome to On The Couch with James Field and Ian Harris. It's episode 107 of the 8th of May, 2009. Hi there, James. How are you doing? I'm very well, Ian. And yourself? I'm doing splendidly well. And here we are on podcast number 107. Yeah, indeed. On the virtual couch today, we'll be talking about uh, all the good stuff in, uh, I guess, business, technology, loads of content delivery. Yeah, there is a lot of content delivery, Um, mobile, gaming, and and other crazy stuff. Other crazy weird stuff, indeed. And uh, lack of bicycles. Anyway, (laughs) uh, without further ado... Um, I don't know if you, we used to do international news. I mean, if anyone's got any, you know, if they're hankering after international news, do um, mm, drop, drop us a line. At, uh, feedback at onthecouchpodcast.com. Um, but normally, I don't know if you've got any Antipodean news from your down under trip, but uh, mm, uh, after a little chat about exploding pumpkins, but that's mm, another story. <laughs> that's another story. Mm. So uh, let's move swiftly on to business news. Yeah, there's been lots of, uh, I guess, End of quarter announcements from lots of people. Mm, including, so what have you heard? Well, I've heard um, like uh, the DTH guys have done pretty much or pretty well, uh, generally, mm. um, getting more subs, um, but the cost of getting subs has gone up. I think that's because I guess they're mm. generally giving more stuff away. So right. now I know in the UK, it's uh, to getting HD is pretty easy now. It's pretty inexpensive. Yeah, and, it's uh, um, £50 pounds for a box and... I think exactly. they're still doing the £10 extra a month. but I uh, think they are, yeah. And that's gone over over a million subs now for HD. So. Wow. That's not it's, a bad effort. So I mean, you've got a story here about cable TV being uh, good with the big boys in the US, Time Warner and Comcast, going up uh, mm. revenue growing by 5%. Indeed. I think uh, our friend... Saul Hansel, who's done a bit of an analysis on the uh, the results from Comcast and Time Warner, mm-hmm. has uh, a few few little gems here, like the fact that uh, uh, they reckon cable is a good business, but the uh, uh, where the money is in, is in fact actually on the internet side, which the actual broadband service is actually costing less and less over time to deliver, um, whereas the programming costs are going up and up. I guess because that's they're writing off the investments in the uh, mm. upgrades to the broadband, aren't they? Mm. That's, the, that's been yeah. satisfactory for. For uh, quite a long period of time, and the subscriber acquisition costs are going down as well because the set top boxes are getting cheaper. So, exactly. So Moore's law is uh, working in their favour in that respect, mm-hmm. uh, and a lot of the a lot of the infrastructure that they've put in place has basically been for high definition, which that's that's probably what you'd expect. Mm-hmm. Uh, but I was interested in the programming costs that uh, programming costs are still going up, which I think is uh, quite astonishing. That uh, well, I think I mean certainly if they're going up in the US, they must be going up everywhere because. Mm. You know, most of the programming produced in pay TV today, I guess, is US source. So mm-hmm. with the way the dollar's strengthened, yeah. I know it's affecting a lot of the um, operators in other markets as well. So mm. um, we shall have to look at that. Um, so that's uh, interesting, pay TV. And we talked about this before that, you know, people tending to stay at home, spend money on yeah. uh, watching the movie and having a pizza. So, you know, the, the Domino's guys have done well. And so have the, uh, so pay, the pay TV, TV guys, which is yeah. great. Hmm. Interesting. I guess technology. We've got a couple of stories here. I know you, um, one of these is about why gig. What's this about? Well, you've got to think of a new name every time you invent a new technology, <laughs> don't you? This is not. It seems to be a new a new frequency rather than. I guess <laughs> as you go up in the frequency bands, you yeah. get more bandwidth typically because it's a bit more vacant, isn't it? As yeah. opposed to the low end. 
So this is 60 gigahertz. Yeah, um, the, interestingly, the title of the actual story actually says 60 hertz, which is... Which is <laughs> they lost a G. <laughs> they lost a G. Uh, so, uh, I mean, I think uh, this is one of those technologies that's had... Uh, had some actually working prototypes, but has not actually had a problem that needs solving. Uh, so you can imagine you've got a you've got an HD projector and you've got a PS3 yeah. and you've got a big long cable in between the two. Yeah. Wouldn't it be nice if you didn't have to have a cable in between your well, PS3 I've got and one your in. <laughs> yeah, exactly um, in between your cable and your projector? Yeah. Uh, and for other things that aren't too far away, and 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 they keep uh, using HD video as a reason for doing this. Yeah. Um, personally, I wouldn't trust wireless to anything that needs to be dead reliable like the exactly, video. Exactly, exactly. And I mean, that's what I heard a consultant tell me the other day. He said, you know, basically, if it's important, use a wire. Yep. And he was a wireless consultant. So that was the, uh, <laughs> that kind of said it all, really. Um, I mean, look, reading between the lines here, this is, to me, he says, well, someone's actually just looked at the license spectrum and said, oh, there's 7 gigahertz free in most countries of the world around mm-hmm. 60 gigahertz. Mm-hmm. Um I, I mean, I don't know, does 60 gigahertz, does it cook you? Does it actually pass through the air? I mean, I don't know what the range is on this sucker, but typically these high-end frequencies tend to get they, attenuated pretty quickly. They do, and that's the thing. I mean, if you remember that uh, that Wi-Fi itself is is either at uh, 2.4 gigahertz or 5 gigahertz yeah, in the case of 802.11n, which mm. uses both, uh, 5 gigahertz is a long way down from 60 gigahertz, and, and uh, wireless, you know, 802.11, uh, is attenuated pretty quickly through brick walls or steel or basically anything. Mm. Sixty gigahertz is going to be attenuated by. Well, um, I think it, it comes down to the the properties. I mean, I know like around two point four is around microwave oven frequency, and the reason why mm-hmm. microwaves operate at that frequency is because of the um, it's to do it's to do with uh, water heating the water up. So it's mm. it's the resonant frequency of certain molecules and all this kind of mm. stuff. So. I wonder what you could do with sixty gigahertz. Well, I don't know. We'll find out. You can do Y gig. There we go. You can keep <laughs> uh, a bunch of <laughs> bunch of people going around the world to having meetings in Hawaii and stuff. Mm-hmm. Going yep. to meetings about how yep. good it could be yep. and can we make the chips? But even yep. I mean, making circuits that work at that frequency is is quite hard, hard as well. Yeah. Uh, the other thing to keep in mind for sixty gigahertz is that um, whilst it's very quickly attenuated, you can actually get a stacker bandwidth in there. So. Uh, you could yeah. deliver a lot of data, but just not yeah. Very well, that's far. it. There's a seven gig wide thing, so you know, mm. even if you went for one um, one hertz per bit, which obviously you can do better than that. That's mm. quite a lot of uh, quite a lot of data you can push down the old pipe wirelessly. So, no, the better, the better. I would say. Um, and I don't know if you've put this in the content bin, but it's kind of we can segue into it. This Blu-ray high definition products in China announced. Yeah, now um, my, my Chinese isn't so good, so. Tell me about this, James. Did I not translate this? Oh, oh you kind did, of. but I'm just <laughs> giving you the chance to speak up. <laughs> well, I think um, we mentioned this before in a previous um, show. Uh, basically, China has um, developed its own Blu-ray disc format mm-hmm. called China High Definition Blu-ray Disc, CBHD. And I think okay. the, the reasoning behind this is um, Chinese people are very, it's a very price-sensitive market, so mm. they don't if, if they can avoid paying intellectual property to people outside of China, they'll mm-hmm. go ahead and do that. So they basically kind of rewritten the Blu-ray spec. And there's an announcement uh, that that well-known brand Shinko mm-hmm. uh, has basically produced the first CBHD uh, players. Um, right. 
and Warner Brothers has officially announced it will support CBHD. Wow. So do you think there could uh, be any sort of backflow from this? Like it could end up in, if it's a cheaper product, it could end up being used in, in other markets? Well, it might only be, they might infringe patents outside of China. I mean, I don't know, to be uh-huh. honest. Um, the price is too high. Um, so basically, it's it's quite a long article here. and We are relying on uh, the good old Google Translate for this. <laughs> That's um, <laughs> but, you know, China is the world's largest producer of optical discs. Oh, um, I didn't know that. Apparently. China's DVD player output of 100 million a year mm-hmm. uh, is, uh, is the size of Taiwan's total global production of more than 80%, whatever. Blah, blah, blah. Terrible translation. Um, so, yeah, April 22nd was the uh, the launch. And, mm, uh, very cool. The players are priced at around 2,000 yuan, which is about, uh, I guess, 200 pounds, um, $300. Okay, not too bad. Um, but we're already seeing Blu-rays coming in at uh, half that cost. So yeah. hmm, I'm not quite sure how that works. Um, it'll come down to the media, I suppose. and the Yeah, absolutely. Whether it's supported. Um, and I, I guess most people in China are going to like... Uh, um, you know, locally produced content as well. Mm-hmm. Um, and they've launched, they lots of albums as well. So you get super, I guess, super high audio as well. So Right. Oh, that's excellent. Um, yeah, there we go. It'll be interesting to see how that format goes. Yeah. Um, so from the latest disc-based format <laughs> to perhaps the, one of oh. the older ones. I um, thought this was the, this new, they've got this new fangled format, actually. Called vinyl. Yeah. <laughs> it's kind of this black disc and it's got these grooves in it by the look of it. Yeah, it's uh, kind of like almost an, it's an analog recording format, if I'm not mistaken. Yeah. And apparently, this is—I thought this was a bit remarkable because the um, and everyone thought you know, vinyl's officially dead. I, mean, I think uh-huh. VHS is dead, isn't it? Let's say I think VHS is definitely um, dead. But. but you know, if we look at evolution, it went from um, I guess wax discs to vinyl discs mm-hmm. to tapes to I guess mini disc was peered a little bit and then and then uh, CDs um, so vinyl was you know sensibly you know it must be dead mm. uh, but now vinyl LPs uh, are now on the up so it's incredible so they've actually um, sold 1.88 million units last year up and that's more than double from just two years ago yeah and 89% up even from 2007 so yeah and, and the other bizarre thing is you can't buy turntables very well anymore so I guess it's <laughs> right. so who are the people playing these things yeah is it, is it the um, people who've got loads of money presumably <laughs> um, or I mean the DJ obviously the classic DJ needs to sure, get the absolutely. latest mixes yep. and all this kind of stuff so but I think um, uh, I think it's the high end uh, players that are, that are being sold still uh, like there's a they talk about a, a reference turntable here that sells for a mere three hundred thousand dollars so Wow. In case you want to spend these 300k, you want a few discs to play on it. So, hmm. or, I guess you know. it could. Yeah, maybe that is. Maybe it's just an enthusiast market, I suppose. Mm. But uh, still, good old vinyls. Yeah, bring them back. Like, it's still not a lot, really. It, um, not a lot in the, in the big scheme of <laughs> things. But uh, the fact that it's increasing, I think, is, uh, is remarkable indeed. Um, the other thing is the, uh, I guess, in the content side, the Amazon Amazon has launched their Kindle DX. Yeah, so this is this e-reader thing which allows you to read yeah. uh, books and newspapers and so on. Uh, actually, the Kindle can actually download books and stories and things over the air, over a wireless. Uh, yeah, sorry, the Whispernet from Verizon, mm. I think it is, but only in the US, obviously. Mm-hmm. And um, uh, this DX, what's the difference about the DX? It's bigger. It's uh-huh. thinner. Uh, I think it's probably brighter, something like that. And it's more expensive. Hmm. <laughs> 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 um, yeah, so I think that's basically... I think the screen refreshes a bit quicker. Right. Um, 
and I guess it's better suited for reading more uh, mixed media layouts. So newspapers. Right, so like I prefer it comes bundled with a couple of newspaper deals as mm. long as you live in the right place where you can't get a regular newspaper. So, <laughs> so where do you have to live? Like the uh, middle of nowhere? Yeah, where the paper boy can't reach you. <laughs> yeah. Right, um, okay, fair enough. So, yeah, uh, big deal. Why have they made it bigger? I don't know, maybe they got some feedback yeah. or something or just because they could. It's a bit no, of a one-stop shop, really, isn't it? I mean, I know there's a Sony kind of e-reader. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I've got one of those. They're pretty good. Yeah. Do you use it a lot? Uh, I got used it a lot when I first got it, but... Uh, it's now in the pile of gadgets somewhere, yeah. isn't it? I must download another book for it, I think. But I Do you have to pay for them, or how does that work? Yeah, just- uh, they have a deal with... Part of the problem, actually, is that, you know, once you're used to iTunes and how easy it is to buy... Uh, a track of some sort yeah. and get it on your iPod, iPhone, whatever. Mm-hmm. Uh, anything else by comparison is just cumbersome and you have to have a, an account with Waterstones who in the UK are the, mm. the, book, the e-book provider. You have right. to have a Sony account. You have to have the Adobe e-book reader encryption Translatory thingy thingy, stuff yeah. going. Um, by the time you set up three accounts, it's like, man, I'm exhausted. It's like, <laughs> it's just too hard. Yeah, it does sound a bit of an ordeal, but uh, so but then a book takes a little longer to read than a three-minute music track. So true. Yeah, I mean that's why I'm in my Audible books. I listen to them. They they go. Hmm. They're pretty easy to get hold of. I guess I mean when I was thinking about that, I think the the problem is not so much all those logins and all that stuff you have to do, but really, um, the books I actually wanted to read weren't available in the ebook format, and I would definitely have bought them if they were available, even if they were slightly more expensive, because it means I can take my e-reader places and not have to cart around. Yeah, you know, but instead you're looking through a limited catalogue for stuff you can yeah, watch, which is exactly. always a bit... Unf- yeah. You come away, either, either you discover a gem, which is sort of quite good, but most of the time yeah. you just think, mm, there's nothing really here I like. I mean, I have that kind of issue with Audible as well, where if I find something mm-hmm. I want, I say, oh, I hear about a book, well, I'll go to Audible, find it, yeah. get to the checkout, and it says, this is not available in your area. Mm-hmm. I'm going, and I also, the deal I've got with them, I've got one of these kind of 12 tokens a year. So I have to spend them. I can carry several <laughs> over, but you know, you end up just buying stuff you never listen to. Yeah. But anyway, that's the challenge of navigating your way through new bits of content. So mm-hmm. um, those guys from Hulu have made a bit of noise about going international, mm. but you've got another story here about Disney. What's that? Well, this is uh, Hulu seems to be in the UK. You'd say hoovering up or vacuuming yeah. up. Yeah. Every content provider on the planet is quite amazing for mm. what we thought was just another one of those me too, let's do some video streaming website kind of people. Mm-hmm. Uh, now they've hooked up Disney as well, which uh, now you have so many people actually providing content through Hulu. Yeah. That they really need to be taken seriously. Uh, they'd be definitely competing with, uh, with Apple in terms of delivering content. Mm-hmm. Uh, and certainly uh, seriously considered by other content providers who are now going to look at them and say, well, you know, all the big guys are with Hulu, so why wouldn't I go with them as well? Yeah, I think TV.com is the other one, isn't it? That's for the long-form video yep, content yep. production. Um, there's obviously the Daily Motions and YouTubes and stuff mm-hmm. for the short form. Um, so, yeah, so Disney says, you know, we want, we want in, I suppose. That's quite interesting. Yeah. So um, that means that uh, ABC programs, because Disney owns ABC like Lost, Grey's Anatomy, Desperate Housewives, Ugly Betty, and Scrubs. But this, um, the article also says, you know, that the the cable guys are worried about people dropping their cable mm. in favour of online programming. But yeah. I don't know. I don't know. Maybe one of our listeners can tell us about you know bundling. Can you can you take broadband from Comcast and not the mm. video? 
and get an all-you-can-eat video package, an all-you-can-eat online package, get your video via that for free and drop your cable somewhere. Mm. I mean, I don't know. Um, I mean, once you've got the video coming out of a set-top box on your TV and you've got a remote control, there's a lot of um, inertia there to change it to something else. I mean, what, what's Hulu going to give you that that uh, you don't already have? I mean, Well, it, it doesn't give you something that goes onto your TV, to be fair, does it? I mean, it's, well, it's a PC yeah, experience. That's, the, that's what they, they're missing, that Can link you download right from Hulu or do you have to be online? I think you have to I be think online. you have to be online. There's no offline viewing. Um, In which case, why don't I just watch it on my TV? Yeah, I, I think most of this content is also available on, on iTunes as well, which so then uh-huh. you can download it. So, right. Um, but uh, not. St- I think you can do streaming now. Um, you have to check that out. Mm. Hmm. Cool. Hockey dokey. Um, so Hulu's kind of big on that one. Um, what was the other stuff that we were gabbling on about? Mobile. Have you got yourself a new mobile phone yet? You're still iPhone. Well, you know, <laughs> funnily enough, um, when I left my, uh, I have a, uh, a, a, I had a mobile specifically for the US, so I can make US calls a bit cheaper. Oh, right. Yeah. And I left it in the back of a taxi on my uh, on my way through Vegas. <laughs> uh, funny story for another time. But nevertheless, so I'm looking <laughs> around for a new mobile for the US. Right. And it turns out that T-Mobile have these very cool phones that do both uh, mobile connections like uh, uh, GSM. Uh-huh. Yeah. They also have Wi-Fi connections in them, in them as well. So they're normal looking mobiles. Right. Uh, and you can actually, when you're on a hotspot. Oh, you can uh, Skype with them. Kind of uh, if effectively, yeah. It's, it's not Skype per se. It's like it connects you to the T-Mobile network. You can make calls. SMSs I think they've done that so in the UK, actually. They've said you can actually buy a, a Skype phone and you get free. It's free if you use it in a hotspot to make calls via VoIP, which is a bit of a departure. Yeah, no, this is that's uh, three in the UK and you can definitely yeah. do um, Skype calls. But this is actually, uh, in- interestingly enough, the way those Skype phones actually work is actually they actually make a call over the actual... 3G GSM network as yeah. a normal Oh, no, phone I call. have heard about it. I, I read it, saw a thing, um, the old David Pogue, the sort of Uber mm-hmm. geek blogger mm-hmm. chap, he was saying, he, he, I think he had a T-Mobile thing and it was seamlessly roaming. Mm. Um, and you get free calls when you're on a Wi-Fi network. Yeah, and you can actually, I've checked now, you can actually log into a, another Wi-Fi network that's not a T-Mobile hotspot, yeah. so you could be at home. But the trick is that if if the call is started whilst you're on a mobile network and you move to a Wi-Fi network, you're still paying. Ah, uh, okay. So you have to, if, but uh, it works the other way as well, but you have to sort of say, hey, call me again um, when I'm on <laughs> the cool. Wi-Fi network. Because I think in the US you pay to receive calls as well. Yeah, you do. Yeah. Yeah. So uh, uh, no, I, is, I, I, he had a little video and it was quite cool just sort of yeah, showing okay. how it seamlessly roamed from That's very um, cool. GSM to Wi-Fi, which is quite a clever kind of handover mechanism. Mm-hmm. I guess it paves <laughs> the way to this femtocell stuff where they're trying to get yeah. everyone to, Buy uh, buy a mobile service and get broadband from me as well, Very and then cool. uh, have a mobile handover. So I thought um, I might try one of those because theoretically I could be on a Wi-Fi hotspot in the UK, for example. Yeah, and you pop and up exactly, and you pop up wherever you happen to be in the world with your yeah. US number. So fantastic, um, and and it should be free for people to call you. So uh, exactly. So bring on. I might do that again. Yeah. Depends on the lock-ins. I guess there's probably some <laughs> yeah, some very small print on the old uh, contract. But uh, yep. I'm I'm waiting to um, hope some some iPhone magic is going to be pulled out of the hat mm-hmm. in uh, in what month's time? We'll see the uh, the Apple WWDC. Yeah, yeah. hopefully lots, a new new uh, new. Lots of rumours coming around. I saw something today about uh, there possibly being a digital compass in there as well. So yeah, that'll be nice because uh, then you um, can never get a lot easier. 
Yeah, exactly. When you're not moving and yeah, you know, my biggest do. problem is the battery life. If they could fix the battery life, I would be so much happier. Yeah, well, I mean, it's. I'm sure it's going to be better. Either probably not more dense battery, but certainly a lower power beastie. Yeah, lower power so. processor or something. But it does actually mm. seem uh, that it's the the mobile side of it that really sucks the battery life because the three uh, G <laughs> thing really chews it. I mean, oh I yeah, totally. It, yeah. Even if you're not making any calls or doing anything, it's uh, it's a bit deadly. Yeah, funnily enough, I got um, my iPhone when I was in the US. I managed to exceed my rather generous data limit, and so it got completely cut off. And the battery lasted forever when it wasn't connected to a mobile <laughs> network. Really? <laughs> yep, amazing. But you couldn't get an email. I couldn't do anything with it. It was a bit of a pretty much a brick, but the battery <laughs> lasted a long time. Yeah, I, I noticed that when I, I've been switching between a BlackBerry and a iPhone, and when you put, take mm-hmm. the SIM out, no SIM, does the battery just doesn't go down at all. Um, but, right. Um, but, uh, so on the mobile topic, we've almost got that, is I noticed, I thought it was quite cool, um, The in, in the 3G phones, there's this, um, as far as I know, it's a standard called the Universal SIM. Mm-hmm. Um, which is uh, kind of normal for GSM, but from the CDMA mm. side of things, SIMs were a bit weird because they had serialized phones, mm. um, especially in this announcement from uh, KTF, which is one of the mm-hmm. you know 10 million plus providers in, um, in Korea. They've announced some new SIMs which have embedded uh, memory. Um, oh, that's cool. So there's up because to a gig of memory, so there's no extra... I guess, uh, and this is embedded card. within the phone. It's not typically removable because this provides yeah. the phone with its identity. Yeah. Um, quite why you'd need to store that much data on a f- on your USIM, I'm not sure. Um, you know, like musical. I guess it's one less cost. It's one one less sort yeah. of stock unit. Yeah, exactly. You don't have to have another unit to plug it in the side. Because I mean, my BlackBerry's got like a gig, one of those really small micro SDs. Mm-hmm. But it's kind of thing you don't know it's there, so it might as well be yeah. on board. Uh, yeah. So. No, no hint as to what they're going to use it for, but um, I guess you could you could use it to push content down to the phone. I suppose if you if it's already chattering to the network so much, you could always push mm, some nice. and then you video can, uh, or music or something. Can you take it with you and all your settings and stuff uh, to your next phone? Presumably, uh, yeah, I guess you could. Yeah, you could download your entire multimedia because I guess contact databases now have got lots of photos and stuff in them. So maybe that's oh, the, exactly um, yeah. A lot of that's stored in the phone these days, and hmm. uh, you know, transferring that is part of the pain of going to a new phone. Yeah, but then you wouldn't necessarily want to encourage that, would you? Uh, Yeah, that's true. (laughs) If you're an operator. It's easy for people to move. Um, But your latest MP3 is an important data. So (laughs) not sure if you leave it in the back of a taxi, you probably don't want too much important data on there. No. Um, So that's cool. Um, So on to gaming. Yes. Have you played any games recently? Have you been, you know, gaming? No, I've I've been totally unable to play any games. Except totally for the bit of, bit of poker yep. in Vegas. That's about it, right? Bit of poker in Vegas. Oh, I did start um, Fear 2, but I haven't been home long enough to actually get, get into that particularly. It was a bit scary, actually. Mm. I think they've gone all out on the uh, kind of horror factor in that one. Yeah. How about you? Vic? I still haven't unwrapped Manhunt 2 oh. for my Wii. I'm a bit too scared. <laughs> but, uh, I did hear that they're coming out um, with a... Uh, a high definition Wii next year. Did you, yeah, you I heard that rumor as well, and that that's mm. that sounds cool. Although that means you know everyone has to buy their content again, and uh, well, and hopefully not buy all those controllers again. I mean, I know. <laughs> and hopefully the controls will be the same. That'll be all right. Well, they're, they're coming out with a new controller, aren't they? The um, the high high sensitivity controller. Uh, they've got a new plug into the bottom of the existing controller, which gives oh, it's it a little dongly thing. Yeah, isn't it? so that uh, I mean, the, the moment the the controller has a, an accelerometer in it. 
and yeah. the little dongle thing has a uh, gyroscope sensor, you right. know, so it can sense angular motion as well as acceleration in a particular direction. Isn't isn't as amazing as it sounds because the the Wii can actually already sense angular movement by the fact that it has that um, you know that sensor bar on the TV. Uh, yeah, but it's relative, I suppose. It, maybe if it's not pointing at the sensor bar, you can get more game. Brief. If it's not pointing at the sensor bar, you can get um, you can get twisting. Yeah, because I mean that's the limited field of view with the camera on the controller, true, isn't it? So, um, um, so maybe it gives you more more precise. So it, that, that does, doesn't it? it? Says gives you more precise. But I'm thinking, mm. like, if you're holding a baseball bat, the camera is not pointing at the screen. That's very good point. Yeah. So you just don't have that that data. <laughs> um, so we'll see. That'll be interesting. Yeah, um, um, I, I don't. I mean. <laughs> There's nothing coming. Maybe from it's time to sell the Wii quickly now. The, the <laughs> yeah, before it becomes <laughs> get it on a, eBay quick. <laughs> before it becomes a, um, yeah. bit of a and my uh, Wii Fit regime hasn't started yet. But uh, yeah. never mind. Um, so you got a bit of news here about Duke Nukem Forever. Yeah. So Duke Nukem, which started out as Nukem Nukem, depending on your particular. Uh, well, Nukem. It was quite. I mean, I remember Duke Nukem was a nice, um, irreverent. Uh, yeah, it was kind of fun little story. Like, it was off one of the first little... first person shooters, really, wasn't it? After Doom, it was yeah. it was the one after. Well, Doom. Well, actually, started was... off as a platform game, uh, a little right. bit like running around on the platform, and then turned into New- Duke Nukem 3D, which is mm. uh, and it was kind of a bit irrelevant, bit bit irrelevant, a bit <laughs> irreverent, uh, <laughs> kind of fun game. Uh, yeah, it wasn't very serious, uh, but mm. uh, had a lot of big fan base, and they've been planning to. Uh, Produced the sequel to that for about twelve years, I think. Actually. Yeah, it's been one of the running jokes, I think, mm-hmm. in the gaming industry. You know, it will be, yeah, it good. will be coming out soon on all major <laughs> platforms, and then new <laughs> platforms come out. And, yeah, um, and uh, it looks like our our, <laughs> our friends from Three uh, D Realms, who are actually the creators of the game, uh, looks like they've gone under. Uh, so the the kind of joke in the industry at the moment is that. Uh, <laughs> DNF, which is Duke Nukem Forever, might turn out to be a, a DNF, which is kind of the expression you use for, uh, about things that are promised forever but don't actually turn up. Uh, so it looks like mm. it may actually take forever, as in never be delivered. <laughs> but yeah, there's this tweet as well um, that I think I have this bizarre thing. I think I've got more followers on Twitter than I've actually ever done tweets. <laughs> the bizarre thing. There we go. <laughs> So so that's, you don't say anything. What's that got to do? No, that's it. It's a Zen tweet. Oh, right. okay. I'm not asking for followers, by the way. Don't look me up. Don't follow <laughs> me. Um, so, yeah, but the, the, this tweet is saying is 71 more tasks to do, and we started with probably eight or 900. Been a good push. Next one starts Monday. Um, right. When was that? So that was uh, a few weeks ago, apparently. Mm. But, you know, it, was it the real CEO? It could be someone else yeah, just really know, know, Was it the real Twitter? Yes. Twitter, Twitter person. I um, really know. But it doesn't sound very promising. So very sad if that's the end of uh, Duke Nukem because I was definitely looking forward to the next episode. The last one was fun. Yeah, oh, and there's, a, there's, I don't know if you've flipped the page over, but there's a little update apparently to this article saying that um, the, the complex mix of coming, only one part of the group has been affected uh, in 3D Realms, um, which is part of the Apogee group. Um, it's affected them, but the 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 main group is still going ahead. So, mm. you know, DNF may not be DNF anyway. Yeah, I heard actually, uh, <laughs> I heard, but I I didn't have any substantial proof on this, so I wasn't going to talk about it. Not that we ever talk about rumors, but uh, and in fact, that what they were talking about there was the DS game is going to continue, but but right. the, the platforms wouldn't slightly slightly less textures to render. Yeah, that's right. A bit easier, a few less colors. 
Mm. All right, James. So you've got a wacky gadget here. So tell us about that one. Yeah. Well, I I don't know how real this is, but um, I guess O2 is one mm. of the uh, it's now owned by Telefonica in uh, the UK. Is uh, kind of a, I guess a multi-service operator, mobile. They're doing broadband. They don't do TV at the moment. Right. Um, they've got a device which they're offering to their existing subscribers. I, I don't know as a sort of thing to help them you know stay with o2 a reason to stay a new device which they call a joggler right. um, like a jogger, jogger but with a with an l in it mm-hmm. um and they're basically trying to sort of push your online calendar and phone contacts and things like that mm-hmm. to this device so it's like a, a wireless photo frame as far okay. as i can see right. um but it i guess it has a sim card in it so it is on the network as oh, well wow. okay cool um so I guess it's using, I guess it's an application for the use of the data service um, right. over 3G, I'm guessing. Mm-hmm. Um, and you can view and load music, photos, videos. Uh, so updated o- over the air. Cool. Um, and you can choose, it's a bit like, um, have, you, have you got one of these wireless photo frame things? No, I know you have one of those, don't you? Yeah, and I, I've, I've set that up with that frame channel service to deliver similar stuff, but it's not, um, mm-hmm. it will play music and it will, right. uh, it doesn't do videos. But it does. It can get all this kind of stuff. But mm-hmm. it's basically this is transmitted as. So this is transmitted uh, as data, though. So it would actually. Yeah, I guess data as opposed to JPEGs, which yeah. mine is sort of server rendered JPEGs. Right. So. Uh, Very I don't cool. know if it'll ever come out because it's one of these things that says you know I guess they're playing with it in the labs. But, uh, <laughs> and it, it looks a bit similar to a, a Chumby device, I suppose. Right. Um, but the Chumbies are a bit squidgy, <laughs> as opposed <laughs> to being. Presumably, O2 doesn't go for the squidgy kind of look. No, it's a it's a brick. Uh-huh. It's a. It's a, I don't know if it's an OLED brick, but you know, hopefully I'll ask if I can get my hands on one. Cool. That's not fun. Well, I have a go as well. I've got a, I mean, I've got an iPhone, so it's on O2, so maybe I can yeah, up and say, just hit them up for my, a juggler. my juggler? <laughs> yeah, how about the jugglers? Um, Very cool. Sounds fantastic. Well, I think Okey that uh, wraps us up for this week. Yes. And uh, good to uh, good to hear from you guys. If you, as I said, send us anything, write a review on iTunes, uh, tell your friends, and uh, let us know what you think. And us a noted feedback at onthecouchpodcast.com. That'd be great. Yes. We'll catch you next week. Well, for 108. Goodbye from me, James. And goodbye from Ian. Cheers. Bye.